0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18 plus. And welcome in. We have 11 on 11 tackle football across the country this coming Saturday. Absolutely loaded spring football game slate and we are so glad to have you part of this welcome into the hard count the people show a lot of y'all are new a lot of y'all returning regardless you found your home for all things college football 365 like i said we got a lot to unpack the transfer portal continues to churn we talked about it on our tuesday show that was live obviously at the same time but we talked about it and even since then we have had a bunch of other high profile names jump in the portal A certain high-profile name expected to take a visit this coming weekend to a certain school on the West Coast. We'll talk about that. But like I was saying, the spring football game slate is loaded. The Matt Rule era at Nebraska about to get underway. Y'all that have followed this program for a while, you know that I am very high on Matt Rule. I think he has got that thing headed in the right direction. This is our first chance to get a quick peek at the going-ons in lincoln nebraska and then also another certain coach that we're a big fan of here also came on the show at one point in time brent venables from norman oklahoma he's headed into year two you know they had some uh some struggles in the first year it was his first time being a head coach the personnel on defense at least wasn't exactly where it was hoped to be when he took the operation over thanks to the portal and thanks to you know just the attrition that is college football but i got some other uh things I want to preview but I want to predict some things too like let's call our shot a little bit here we're going to do that for the Oklahoma spring game as well as the Nebraska spring game we previewed Colorado spring game already I got some more thoughts on how that's going to look I got some more thoughts in terms of what we can predict for that game like I said gave you things to look at gave you things to preview but let's call our shot in that game as well and then Notre Dame I think they're one of the most fascinating operations in the entire country right now Another situation with a head coach going into a second year on the job and they went and got themselves the best quarterback in the entire transfer portal in Sam Hartman. So what is that going to look like in their spring game? Because remember, they still had QB one going into last year on their roster in Tyler Buckner. He started the Ohio State game. He was their guy. Is there a quarterback battle going on there? What do we look for in the spring game? Again, got some more predictions there. We're so fired up to have you along for the ride. Trey Yannity on the ones and Tuesday, making everything that you see here happening. Can't waste any more time. Like I said, got a lot to talk about. The transfer portal continues to rock and roll. I'm telling you, it it deserves its own Netflix series. It really does. Like Netflix, the ball is in your court to make that happen. A lot of names that we got to track. One guy we talked about previously, On the live show on Tuesday, Bear Alexander unexpectedly jumped in the portal on the day of Georgia's spring football game. Sounds like he's going to make a visit to USC this coming weekend. Now, we talked about it on Tuesday's show. That's the school to watch. That's the school that has been mentioned whenever you hear about Bear Alexander and his recruitment and where he might go. Listen, the value of Bear Alexander to USC cannot be overstated. Big body, over 300 pounds, played well for Georgia down the stretch. If you could add him to the middle of that defense, that would make USC substantially more, what's the right word? It would make them better in the trenches, right? Let's not overthink how to say this. They'd be better in the trenches and they'd be more of a problem for everybody else in the Pac-12. Because Bear Alexander, I'll just say this, there's not a lot of guys like him just running around in the Pac-12. talked to somebody close to Georgia the other day and they said, if he does go to USC, he's going to just wreck shop. In that conference. That's not to dunk on the Pac-12. I think it's more of a testament to Bear Alexander and Georgia. Now, let's revisit the reasoning as to why he left Georgia. Because last time we talked about this, I told you what I had heard was there was something to do with, you know, wanting to to see more snaps. And that may still be true. Did a little bit more digging. And it sounds like the culture at Georgia as a whole wasn't necessarily meshing well with Bear Alexander. I'm not going to extrapolate too much more on that but if you're a usc fan you're hearing that you're saying wait a second we we don't want someone who doesn't fit with a winning culture on our team i would just say this lincoln riley and usc have made a living off of landing top transfers and making them work in los angeles so whatever lincoln riley is doing with the transfer portal One, trust his evaluation. Two, trust his evaluation from a culture standpoint in bringing guys in. And then also believe in the fact that he's making these transfer portal guys work within his system. Okay, so we'll leave it at that. Got a lot of y'all tuned in. Make sure you're subscribed. Got a lot to talk about throughout the rest of the show, throughout the rest of our time. As we lead into fall camp, don't want you to miss any of it. Subscribe to the channel. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram at JDPakell. Now, another high-profile name. It Smalls, edge from Washington. Now listen to this. In the 2020 class, he was the number two ranked edge in the country coming out of high school. Like you turn on his huddle tape when he was playing football in Washington at the high school level, and the first few plays are him playing receiver. Translation, the dude's an athlete. The dude's got some physical abilities that are just, quite frankly, you can't teach. Now the frustration is, was a five-star at a high school, like I said, was ranked very, very highly, but just really hasn't produced to what you would expect a five-star player to do through three years at Washington. My, my feel is he's got two years left, and sometimes all it takes for a guy with so much ability is just a change of scenery. Right? Like like football so much with success can be correlated to the scheme that you're in. How many times have we seen a guy not really working out one school, transfer somewhere else and just blow up? It's probably the most hyperbolic example, but I mean, Joe Burrow. He wasn't going to see the field at Ohio State. He couldn't see the field at Ohio State. goes to LSU and has arguably one of the best seasons in college football history. So I'm not saying Savelle Smalls is Joe Burrow or the equivalent of at the edge position. I'm just saying keep an eye on where he ends up landing. I don't know if it'll be on the West Coast. I mean, he had his pick of the litter coming out of high school. He's from the state of Washington, so maybe a school on the West Coast is in the mix. We're purely guessing there. But bottom line, tons of ability, multiple years left. If you hit with Savelle Smalls, like if if you – Get all that he is or was cracked up to be at the high school level, you hit in a very big way and get someone who could be a game changer for your football team. Just because it wasn't a fit for Washington doesn't mean Savelle Smalls doesn't still have the juice. Make that very, very clear. Now, another five star guy that jumped into the portal. This was a surprise to a lot of people Jordan Hudson, wide receiver at TCU, six foot one, 190 pounds. The comp for him. According to Charles Power, director of scouting and rankings at On Three, y'all know whenever you tune into this show, I got some good things to say about Charles Power because my dude just straight up doesn't miss. The comp for him is Jackson Smith and Jigba. That is very high praise. There is a lot that he has to say about Jordan Hudson that would probably take up a lot longer of our show that we don't really have time for. Bottom line, dude's a player. Like I said, was a five star out of high school. He's going to help somebody this coming season. He was productive at TCU. I do not get it twisted. TCU is losing a very good player who contributed for them last year. I mean, 14 catches, 174 yards, three touchdowns as a freshman. The expectation was he would start again for TCU, or excuse me, would be the starter for TCU on the outside this coming season. So it's a loss for TCU, but somebody's going to get a baller. Now he's from the state of Texas. I believe it's Garland. Uh, I was told SMU is a school to watch for him. I think he was committed to SMU at one point in time when Sonny Dykes was there before eventually following him to TCU. Keep an eye on him. Five-star talent. Somebody is going to, to get a stud. It's, it's a different situation than Savell Smalls where he was a five-star out of high school, hadn't really produced yet. Like Jordan Hudson showed up at TCU, did his thing. Now going to go somewhere else and do his thing somewhere else. He's a proven commodity to a degree. Now, one more guy I want to talk about. This is a curious case. Is an offensive guard at Florida, Ethan White. And for those of you that maybe tuned out a couple of weeks ago, you say, Ethan White, yeah, yeah, that's the guy who's transferring to USC, right? Good for Lincoln Riley. Getting better in the trenches there on the offensive side of the ball. That's good. I mean, the second team, all SEC selection. Good for Lincoln Riley. He's going to join after spring practice, correct? Well, that would have been correct about 24, 25 hours ago. Now, it's being reported by our own Matt Zenitz, who follow Matt Zenitz on Twitter if you haven't already. Being reported that he is in fact not going to USC, will not be there after spring practice. Instead, he's coming back to Florida. Now, I don't want to speculate too much, but if Ethan White is to come back to Florida and is to play, there's two thoughts I have. One, okay, how is he received in the locker room? Because there's a feeling, I mean, there's just a perception around USC. Let's be real. They do really well in the portal, and there's a lot of people that believe that USC is is you know just picking and choosing whoever they want out of the transfer portal. And they're like, oh, great. You just wanted to go to USC, be be with Lincoln Riley, be with the Palm Trees and and the LA NIL money. Like, that's the perception. Is that reality? You know, I don't know. But for Ethan White to go back to that locker room, I'm just curious to see how that would mesh with his teammates. Because on one hand, you're like, hey, man, you know, you made a decision to leave. You made a decision to leave this entire locker room. I don't know how we feel about welcoming you back. That's just human nature. That's, that's fair if that's how the locker room at Florida would feel. Now, the other side of this, though, is that Florida needs help on the offensive line. Like, a guy can play now. He wasn't just someone who showed up and, and you know, was able to be serviceable. He was a second-team, all-conference kind of player. If he plays for Florida this coming season, you are better on the offensive line. So it's kind of this interesting dance of, we don't know how we feel about you leaving, really good football player, you make our team better at a position that we desperately need help at. Because whoever's playing quarterback is going to need some protection as they're trying to replace a lot of pieces on that offensive line. They got the running backs to run the ball. Do they have the offensive line to block for those running backs? If Ethan White's able to be a guy for them this year at Florida, like that would be a, a very big addition to the offensive line. So again, not going to USC, headed back to Florida is the report We'll keep an eye on that one, but I promise you, by the next time we're on air on Tuesday, there'll be more Portal buzz. There'll be more names we've got to talk about. Keep an eye on Bear Alexander over the weekend. A lot of people feel like USC is essentially, you know, very, very close to, like like it's USC and then the rest of the pack behind them. So keep an eye on how that visit goes, and we'll discuss that as we go further along. But Jordan Hudson, the Portal Savelle Smalls in the portal, guys with a lot of ability. It's going to help somebody's roster looking for a new home. The transfer portal, man. I'm telling you, Netflix, if, if they got any sense about them, they're going to go ahead. They're going to figure out a, a good title, get a good director, maybe the guy from Last Chance you, I I don't know. And They're going to put together an award-winning docuseries tracking the coaching staffs or the players that jump in the portal. Like, take my money. Legitimately, I will buy another Netflix account if that's what it takes to get that on the air. Big Netflix guy, if you can't tell. Okay, now listen, the portal's great. I love the portal, I'm all for it. But we got 11-on-11 football that is going to be played this coming Saturday. How about that? Two weekends in a row. I say two with three fingers in the air. Two weekends in a row, we're going to have some spring football on the television screen. How about it? One program in particular that we have covered consistently... And a school that I am very excited to talk more about is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They have their spring game kicking off the Matt Rule era in Lincoln. What can we expect from the Cornhuskers? Because the last two years have been a little bit lackluster. There's a feeling that the personnel hasn't been up to par. Matt Rule joined the show and said, we're going to go through the portal to get positions of need, but we're going to grow at the high school level. Took 11 transfers at this point in time. But what are we looking at? In this spring game. Matter of fact, let's, let's predict some things with this transfer portal. Excuse me, not transfer portal. Let's predict some things within this spring game. And the transfer portal is kind of top of mind. And that's because Jeff Sims is a transfer from Georgia Tech that a lot of people are fired up about in Nebraska. Casey Thompson rehabbing from a, from a shoulder surgery. Sounds like he's on schedule, if not ahead of schedule. But you're not going to see him in the spring football game. My prediction for this quarterback room is that I think we're going to leave this spring game And feel like it's a three horse race at quarterback. And you're saying, JD, three horse race. You got Jeff Sims, you got Casey Thompson. Talking about Chuba Purdy? Listen, I I like Chuba Purdy as much as the next guy. But a guy who's making a move right now in this quarterback race is Heinrich Harburg. Heinrich Harburg has drawn rave reviews, more or less, from practice, from his coaching staff. And they said his superpower, to quote Marcus Satterfield, he used that word, not mine, superpower, is running the football downhill. Now, I don't have this confirmed. It sounds like QBs may be live. If that's the case, we're going to see the full skill set from Heinrich Harburg. Now, he was a guy that when Mark Whipple was running the offense at Nebraska, he was a guy who was essentially like, hey, he's not going to play. Like, good story, good athlete, four-star guy, according to us here at On3, out of high school, everybody else, a three-star. Make note of that. But, like, not going to play here. Sorry. This spring, it sounds like he's turned it on. Sounds like he adds a new element to the offense. And in this offense, it's going to have some, you know, zone read elements to it. There's also going to be some pro style elements to it. If we know Marcus Satterfield from what he did at South Carolina to play quarterback in this offense, Matt Rule came on here and talked about it with us. You just got to make the right play. Like Jeff Sims, I think has a ton of highlight playability, and he may very well have the better day when we watch this spring game. But what wins this starting job for Nebraska at the quarterback position is making the right play. Do you hit the check down when it's third and three and get us a first down? Do you throw the ball away when you're facing pressure instead of trying to force it into a window and getting us in a bad situation? Like it's all very cliche. It's all very coach speak, but I'm telling you, That is the kind of operation that Matt Rule is going to run at Nebraska. Why? Because they want to be blue-collar. They want to control the clock. They want to control the line of scrimmage. They want to get back to the roots of what we've known Nebraska football to be, physical in the trenches. We're going to do what we want to do until you stop it. And the quarterback position at Nebraska has to obviously propel that forward. But even more so, you can't keep us from getting that done because you're turning the ball over or getting us off schedule because you're making a bad decision. So Jeff Sims and Heinrich Harburg, I think, will both have good days. I don't know that we leave this spring game saying, yep, that's the guy. Yep, that guy, that is substantially better than whatever Casey Thompson did last year. That's our guy. I think they look good, but again, they're still getting the hang of the offense, still meshing with their teammates. I think Casey Thompson will come back, and it'll be neck and neck, a three-horse race in the fall. So for Nebraska fans, be excited about that, because that just means iron's going to sharpen iron. Competition is going to elevate everybody's play or it's going to elevate the right guy's play and you're going to have the best option at starting quarterback. So enjoy that. Now, let's talk a little bit more about what you can expect on the defensive side of the ball. Because Nebraska fans, I just talked about it. Matt Rule, he wants to be a physical operation when it comes to what they do in the trenches. On the offensive side, but also on the defensive side. And you and I both know, man, last year, that wasn't it. Nebraska's defensive trenches last year was not up to par for anybody but especially not matt rules nebraska then they made some efforts to acquire some guys through the portal elijah judy you hope you get to see him in the spring game sounds like he got banged up a little bit during spring practice but last year they gave up four and a half yards of carry good for 93rd in the country 190 yards rushing per game good for 105th in the country if if that's what we're working with, like we're gonna have a very long season if we're Nebraska Cornhusker fans, like that's gonna be the reality. So they're trying to still upgrade personnel, but here's why I think they're just going to look better in the spring game than what you saw a season ago. First and foremost, I've heard that the strength and conditioning has been completely revamped. And that's no surprise because I think Corey Campbell is that dude. He's someone I got to work with while I was at Baylor. Attention to detail, transforming the body. They do full body lifts, or at least they did when I was at Baylor. Nearly. Every day, like that was kind of how they, they did it, growing the entire. What's the best way to say this? It's a very well rounded strength program, if that makes sense. And I don't know that that was necessarily in place previously at Nebraska. I don't know. I'm just questioning, but it sounds like whatever they have right now is upgrading and, and being geared towards what they want to do on the field. Meaning, in order to play tough, you have to lift and train tough. And Matt Rule, if y'all have kept up with what they've done on social media, They got a nice bubble there in Lincoln to keep you nice and cozy when it's snowy outside. Like they're doing winter conditioning, pushing sleds in the snow. That's the kind of edge I want my football team to have, especially if we're trying to make a climb back to where we expect to be in the college football landscape. So to give you my prediction for the defensive side of the ball, I just think it looks substantially improved. Now, is it what we need to get to where we want to go? Is it like Big Ten Championship kind of level? I think to draw that conclusion, in any area of a team during a spring game is just, like, not responsible. But I do believe that we see just an, a better overall push for the reasons I mentioned. Strength conditioning improvements, and then also the attention to, to detail that's going to be improved, the culture that's improved, I believe, internally at Nebraska with Matt Rule. Okay? So the defensive front, I think, will just straight up look better is what I'm trying to say. Now, make sure you're locked in. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We appreciate you all for that. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on gram at J.D. Piquel. Great way for us to interact, you know? Community, that's what this thing is all about. Now, I got a, a lot of names that I think we need to keep track of for this spring football game. Like, a lot of guys that I think are going to be contributors when it gets rolling in the fall. And someone that Matt Rule talked about heading into spring, he called him one of the MVPs of winter conditioning, Gabe Irvin, running back. Now, he's right around 220 pounds, a little bit shorter in stature, but... Matt Rule said he was one of the fastest guys on the team. To be that fast at that size, like I don't think this is an overreaction to say that's a very, very good thing for whoever you have in your running back room. Now, he's been banged up during his time at Nebraska, so getting a chance to see him with a, a new staff, kind of having a fresh start for him, I'm curious to see how that impacts his play and just straight up where he is in this, in, in this depth chart with the Nebraska running back room. Another guy that y'all are probably all fired up to see is tight end slash maybe wide receiver, Eric Gilbert. Now, Eric Gilbert has all the talent in the world. Was at LSU, I believe he was like an an all-SEC freshman, was a five-star coming out of high school, went to Georgia, did good things during their spring game, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't been able to come together. Some of that sounds like it's, it's off the field and being in the right headspace, but I just say this, I'm encouraged for Eric Gilbert because one, change of scenery, guy from you know the East Coast, a guy from the Southeast region, totally new place. Meaning everything you're familiar with, friends, family, all that, that's gone. You're just entrenched in this Nebraska football program. And that would be a bad thing if it wasn't the right kind of operation as a coaching staff. But I would say this, having been in that program, Matt Rule and company, they care very much about the person. And so Eric Gilbert, the person, I think, by what I know about this program, they have, I would imagine, taken some steps with him. And I'm curious to see how that looks when they take the field. Now, he looked good in Georgia's spring game last year. So if he catches two touchdowns and looks incredible, that's great. Be excited about that. But continue to watch how he tracks in the fall camp. The bottom line is he's super talented. The bottom line is he is a weapon for you on offense if you can put it together and get him in a position to be successful. Okay, that's the bottom line right there. So excited to see what he looks like in this spring football game. Now, here's another guy, Josh Fleeks. Been playing football for a long time. Was at Baylor for a long period of time. He's a wide receiver, slot wide receiver. I'll just say this. He and I were at Baylor at the exact same time. A little bit older than him, obviously. I was a grad. I think he was like a sophomore. Seeing him in person up close, one of the shiftiest human beings I've ever seen. Like, make you miss in a phone booth, great speed, extremely quick. And he flashed a couple times at Baylor for whatever reason. It never really came together for him. I'll just say this. He made a choice to follow Matt Rule. Matt Rule knows what Josh Fleeks has in the tank. He's a little bit further along in his career now. It's kind of make or break for him. I think he's in for a big season. I think he's one of the best-kept secrets from this transfer portal cycle because he's a guy that, when it comes to physical tools and just being jittery in the open field, he's a dude for you now. Okay, he, he's going to make that offense better. And also his wide receiver coach is one of his best friends in high school, which is funny to say, but you and I both know Garrett McGuire. Shorten the tooth, that's great. Nose ball, that could be a really good mesh for him. Now, Elijah Judy, like I just said previously earlier in the segment, I hope we get to see him, like so talented, but he got a little bit banged up in their most recent spring practice, I believe, or most recent spring scrimmage was a four-star guy out of high school, very physically gifted, went to Texas A&M, didn't really see the field a whole lot, but he's someone who could contribute right away, I believe, for Nebraska. I mean, just purely based off of ability and based off of what they had a season ago, if Elijah Judy can play for them this coming season and get meaningful snaps, I mean, he's going to be a guy. So keep an eye on him. Again, I don't know that we'll see him in this spring game. I haven't heard anything official on the injury front, but Elijah Judy... Make sure you're tuned in with what he's got going on. And one more guy we got to talk about, another transfer, Corey Collier. Safety from Florida. Picking up the defense pretty quickly, it sounds like. Like he says, he's just, it's kind of come easy to him, which as a defensive back, if the defense is coming easy to you, what does that mean? You get to play instinctually. He was a four-star guy at high school as well, was Corey Collier. Committed to Florida. Can play multiple positions on this defense. So the instincts are there, if I'm reading the room correctly here. The guy can play some football now that he's got the scheme sort of coming to him quickly. I'm just curious to see how he reads and reacts within this spring football game. Cause again, the defensive side is going to be paramount for this team. I mean, to play the kind of football they want to play offensively, you got to have a defense that can make some stops for you. And Elijah Judy and Corey Collier, I fully expect to be a part of that. So what kind of temperature do we get from them in the spring game? Remains to be seen, but I'm very excited to see how that looks. So for Nebraska, I don't think you get answers on the quarterback position or the quarterback race, but I think you get a better feel for how it's going to shape up in the fall. Again, I fully believe three-horse race. That includes Heinrich Harburg, not just Jeff Sims and Casey Thompson. So watch that. Defensive trenches should be improved from the eye test. It's not an absolute, but temperature should be improved with what we see in that unit. Guys to watch, I told you all of them, Gabe Irvin, Eric Gilbert, Josh Felix, Elijah Judy, Corey Collier all guys that we are spotlighting for the spring football game. But keep an eye on that. Nebraska begins the Matt rule era this coming Saturday. That'll be a lot of fun to watch, man. I cannot wait for that. Cannot wait for that. The fact that we have 11 on 11 football on the television screen is just a beautiful thing. Like it's, it's just an absolutely beautiful thing that we get to watch tackle football back on TV and there's some people that will kind of be down on spring games and say, oh, you know, this is, this is a, a glorified practice, which it is, and they'll say, you know, I don't want to waste my time watching that. That's fine. You let those people walk, but when they walk away, you make sure you lock your door behind them, and then you sit back down on the couch and you watch every single spring game. We're not getting more football till the fall, y'all. That's just the reality. So lock in, enjoy this, soak it up. Another spring football game we've got to talk about as this – Spring preview prediction show rolls on. How about Oklahoma? Oklahoma Sooners in a very interesting position heading into year two of the Brent Venables era, but guess where they head after this season? Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. The SEC. So this is actually a very pivotal year for Oklahoma, even though it is only year two, and they're still trying to figure out their identity, or rather they were last year. Brett is only his second year as a head coach. Stakes are pretty high in Norman. And to be fair, Oklahoma's got the personnel to do it, I believe, in terms of making a big jump forward. And one of those guys that I think will be responsible for that big jump forward, and, and honestly their success well into the future, is quarterback Jackson Arnold. Now here's what I'm going to say. I'm predicting in this spring game, on my notes, I haven't, we see Jackson Arnold rip it. That's, that's just what it, that's what it says. No, I don't, I don't have a stat down. I don't have like a, a touchdown count number or a yard count number. I just think we we turn on the tape, we watch the five-star quarterback, Jackson Arnold, playing at a high level of high school football in the state of Texas. I think we see him flash multiple times. Like, and there's going to be some part of the crowd here that, that's going to start chanting for him after Dylan Gabriel throws his first interception of the season. I would say, all right, like, chill out. That's fine. The more reasonable part of the crowd is going to say, "Okay, if that's what we're working with when he's been through 14 practices and that's the ability we're seeing, that's how he fits in this offense, that's what the future looks like. Okay, you start rubbing your hands together and you feel very excited about what's to come in Norman. I think the best case scenario for Oklahoma, quite frankly, is that Dylan Gabriel plays the duration of this year because that means that he took another step forward under Jeff Levy's offense and you feel good about that. But Jackson Arnold, do not get it twisted. He is the future at Oklahoma, and he's going to lead them into the SEC. He will be your quarterback when you take your first snaps in the SEC. That's a very big deal. No doubt. That's a very big deal. But in this game, like I said, I just think we see him flash. I think you have a couple of plays that probably circulate Twitter, and I'll be one of them that tweets them out, so follow me at Jody Pacquiao. But you just see, wow, okay, that's why he's a five-star. Wow, he's only a freshman, and he made that throw? Like he's going to have a couple of jaw-drop moments, much like Nico Yamaliava did at Tennessee last weekend. I think we may see that, maybe even more so with Jackson Arnold, depending on how many reps he gets and how much they let him cut it loose. Quarterback-friendly system. It's going to go as the quarterback goes, but Jackson Arnold, I think, will have a very good day in the Oklahoma spring game. All right, now make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. All that, we appreciate y'all. At Jody Piquel, won't waste too much more time, but just make sure you're locked in here, all right? We appreciate that. It's time for college football, man. There's no more time to be wasted. Even though it's spring ball, the season's right around the corner. We want you all part of this, all right? Now, I also think in terms of the predictions for Oklahoma, I think we see a notable change in the team speed on the defensive side of the ball. Because remember, what happened last year, man, Oklahoma was not up to par by any stretch of the imagination. Like that was not a Brent Venables defense that we saw a year ago. They allowed 30 points a game. Thing that I'm watching, though, as I start piecing together what this lineup could look like, is a lot of guys straight up that can just run at positions that you don't necessarily always think guys should be able to run at, if that makes sense. Like Jaron Kanick is a track guy. He's running like low tens, I believe, in the 100 meters out of high school. He's playing linebacker for you. We'll likely start in the middle for you at linebacker next to Stetsman. At that cheetah position, which is kind of a hybrid edge slash linebacker spot. They got the transfer from Indiana, who's battling for that spot right now. I believe he'll win it, Desan McCullough. He's a guy that can run, too. He's explosive. He's versatile. It's one of the things that made him so highly ranked in a lot of these transfer portal rankings. I believe he was a top 10 player for us in our transfer portal rankings. You're going to see this defense just run quicker, sideline to sideline. They're going to eat up angles quicker. They're going to read and react quicker. Again, it's not an absolute. It's a temperature. But when you're watching just straight up how this operation responds, I really believe this team is going to be faster on the defensive side of the ball based off of personnel. And also, you and I have talked about this at length, but Brent Venables went to the portal postseason and said, I want five defensive linemen. I don't know if he actually said that out loud, but by nature of who they acquired, five defensive linemen. If you count to McCullough as an offense, or as a defensive lineman, the reason why that's important, that just shows the self-awareness. Like, hey, we're not good enough in the trenches based on what I saw last year. What I know that I have in my locker room, we're not good enough right now. Let's go get better. Like, he saw what he had in the fridge and he saw what the recipe was because he's been there, to be, to be clear. He's won national titles before. He knows what's expected. Saw the expectation, saw the recipe, and said, we got to get better ingredients. Goes to the portal like treats it like it's Publix goes and get five defensive lineman curious to see how that looks in the spring game. But the bottom line is it's going to be a better product. And I think the eye test is past the flying colors this coming Saturday. So it will be more like an sec defense is what I'm trying to tell you. Now, here's one of the more curious things we got to watch for in this spring football game. What's the temperature when it comes to the wide receiver room? Because this offense under Jeff Lebby it's pretty similar to what Josh Heupel did at Tennessee in the fact that we're going to go fast, we're going to run the football, we're going to spread our wide receivers out, and wide receivers we're going to put you on an island, go win one on one, we'll have a touchdown for you. Cuz those safeties, they can't run the entire 53.3 yards width of the field. Like it's just it's impossible to cover that much. That's a that's a lot of grass to cover. And so if you win outside, if you have guys that can win for you, you're going to be in good position to score a whole lot of points. And like I said, I've been on record here. I think Oklahoma has the best quarterback room in the Big 12 for now until we reevaluate that in the future. Best quarterback room in the Big 12 with Dylan Gabriel being your QB1. So Jaleel Farouk, I think it's one of those guys that we watch in this spring. I think it needs to be his year. Had a solid year last year, at right around 400-plus yards, five touchdowns. Like He had a good year. He needs to be that guy this coming year. He needs to be wide receiver one. And if it's not him, I think Andrew Anthony – the Michigan transfer, I'm very curious to see what he does because they are very excited about him during spring ball right now. The guy can run like the wind. Two guys that I think they're going to look for to make an impact on the vertical pass game. Like I said, we're going to run the football. That's going to be the first thing we do. We're going to get this defense off balance, make them tired. Then you go win. That's what this whole thing is built upon. And what I'm watching in this spring game, especially with those guys, I don't need to see the 70-yard touchdown. That'd be nice. Like, don't get it twisted. I would love to see a few bombs dropped by my boy Jackson Arnold and Dylan Gabriel and see these guys catching it. That'd be awesome. I just want to see if it's there. Are we separating from these defensive backs? We can fine-tune catching the football. We can get you on the jugs and work on that. We can fine-tune timing. Andrew, Anthony, you've been on campus for a very short period of time. We'll get after practice. We'll run some more routes. We'll watch tape. Like, we can fine-tune all of that. We'll be ready for that in the fall. Are we separating from these DBs? That's what I want to see. Even if they don't get the football, even if it's a running play and we got man-on-man on, man on the outside, I just want to see them separate from the defensive backs. That's what I want to meet. Because that would mean that it's there. That would just mean that, okay, we have guys that can separate. That means those plays are going to be there when it's crunch time, when we need it in the fall. So excited to watch that. But that's, that's really what I'm watching for in this spring game. Again, I'm calling my shot. I think Jackson Arnold has a phenomenal spring game. What that looks like, I, I, I don't know. But he's going to flash in this spring, and we're all going to leave saying, okay, that's why he's a five-star. That, that makes a lot of sense. Also, noticeable change on defense in terms of team speed, taking more steps towards being what an SEC defense is going to need to look like. I don't think you get 100% absolute certainty of how good your defense is going to be in the spring game. Nobody does, but I think it's a really positive jump forward from what we saw a season ago. In the wide receiver room, somebody separate, right? That's what it's all about. Get open. We'll work on the other stuff later. Can you get open? Watching that in the spring game. So Oklahoma, man, they're in a very curious position because what they do this coming season will determine their jumping off point into the SEC. And the jumping off point, quite frankly, is going to determine a lot of what they do when it comes to the the recruiting landscape as well like if I'm a high school recruit Oklahoma wins 10 games this past year they play for a big 12 title whether they win it or not I'm saying okay I like the direction of this thing and that's only year two yeah I'll go go play with Brent Venables yeah I could do that I I could be convinced to go play with him and if they win six games which again Oklahoma fans y'all hate when I talk about this so I apologize in advance if you were to have a similar year to last year then if you're on the recruiting trail and you're an Oklahoma coach, you're, you're trying to make excuses. You're trying to say, well, we need you to be a part of it. Well, we, we're not here. We don't have this personnel. We don't have that personnel. As a recruit, I'm saying that's a risk that I don't know I want to take. But for Oklahoma, spring game will be a whole lot of fun to watch. Now, let's, let's shift gears here just a little bit. Talk about a team for a spring game that we actually already previewed. Previewed it last week because there's been so much buzz, so much hype. We operate off supply and demand. Like y'all tell us what you want, we supply it. It's kind of how this whole thing works. And we're fortunate to where you have demanded college football year round, which thank you so much while we have a job. But one team that just continues to pop up on the ticker and, and pop up on the radar of college football public is Colorado. And we previewed it a little bit, but I'm gonna go ahead and make some predictions for this spring game this coming Saturday. And probably the biggest bullet point, Around this game, like what's going to happen on the field is going to happen on the field. And that'll be fun. We'll talk about it. This is an enormous recruiting event for Colorado. Whole stadium sold out. It's on ESPN, not ESPN Plus, not Pac-12 Network, not ESPN2, not ESPNU. It's on ESPN, practice 15 for Colorado, which they operate off supply and demand too, just to be clear. So people care about this spring game for recruits. One, they have a ton of guys visiting, guys that are committed to other schools, guys that are high-profile prospects with a lot of stars next to their name, guys that can change the trajectory of Colorado football should they choose to come to Boulder and play with Coach Prime. So this is kind of an audition of sorts for Colorado. This is a chance for them to do two things, and this was something that the good people at the Personnel Symposium this past summer in Nashville explained that they try to do for kids that come on visits just in general across the personnel world in college football. Two things. One, trying to wow these recruits. Sell out crowd, games on ESPN, most charismatic coach in college football. Okay, we can check that box. Two, trying to make you feel at home. Now, some of that's going to obviously be a little bit more internal that we can't really speak to in terms of making these kids feel at home, but I promise you, Coach Prime, like I said, most charismatic coach in the entire landscape I don't even know who's sitting at number two. They're going to have a really good chance to land some some commitments. So my prediction coming off this spring game, there will be commitments. Whether it's guys that visited, whether it's guys that just watch it on TV that are holding the Colorado offer, there will be some commitments following this spring game. Whether it's the week after, whether it's on the weekend of, there will be some commitments. Now, I don't know any intel. I don't have... You know, something in my back pocket where I'm saying, yeah, I know this kid's going to commit so I can be right. I'm just purely speculating. I'm guessing that's the feel I get. The hype around this game is enormous, and when you get to Boulder in front of a sellout crowd, Coach Primes on the sideline, that is the vision come to life. I'm no longer having to sell you on the idea of, hey, come here. We're going to get these people excited about football. People are excited about Colorado football. You can put something good on the field, and you can be a part of that as a high-profile kid like... It's an, it's, it's an attractive pitch right now for Coach Prime. So that's a big part of this. That's going to propel them forward. Everyone wants to talk about what they're going to do in year one and, and going back from 1-11 and, and, and you know reaching to new heights for Colorado football. Like I'm, I'm here for that. Don't get it twisted. But recruiting and the future of Colorado is how I think we need to really assess Coach Prime and his success there. Now, if you're locked in right now, we appreciate you. Make sure you're subscribed. Follow me on Twitter at Judy Pacquiao. All that. We love you all for that. Okay? Moving on. I think we see Shadur Sanders look like he's in command. And this is an interesting thing to talk about because transfer portal quarterbacks are in an interesting position. You enter into a new locker room at the most visible position of leadership on the football roster. And you kind of got to earn your keep, right? Like, you have to prove I'm a foxhole guy during winter conditioning. I'm, I'm someone to be trusted during spring football. I'm going to make the right plays. I think this might be a little bit easier for a guy like Shudor Sanders, not because his dad's the head coach, but because there's so many other transfers that came in with him. So he's, as opposed to maybe having to win, let's say, 75% of the locker room when you first show up, he's having to win like 50% of the locker room right now. That was existing before, and then getting the rest of the transfers to trust him. I don't mean to say this isn't off to win the entire locker room. I'm just saying there's less guys here that have stayed at Colorado for a long time and are saying, who are you to us? Who are you to walk in here? Like, a lot of us are new, dude. We're, we're, we're all here together. And I think that probably plays in his favor. But on the field, I think we see him look comfortable, look composed, and I'm just excited to see him spin it. Because through two years at Jackson State, 70 touchdowns, 14 picks, the dude can play some ball. This will be a new level for him to a degree, but dude can play some ball. So I'm excited to watch how that all unfolds. But I think we see him look in command. Doesn't mean I see him throw four touchdowns and no incompletions. He'll look comfortable. He'll make good decisions with the football. He'll get his offense lined up and he'll look poised back there. So we're not making absolutes, but that's, that's what I believe will happen in this spring football game. And for Shadour Sanders in Colorado, that is the key to getting this thing off the ground. If your quarterback can cover up some of your weaknesses, Colorado's going to have some of those weaknesses. As much as they've done in the portal, they're going to have some things they've got to shore up. If Shadour Sanders can be the answer to those issues or at least help cover up different weaknesses... I've explained this a couple times in terms of what those weaknesses would be, but if the O-line can't hold the blocks for very long, get the ball out quick. How do you get the ball out quick? Know where you're going with the football. How do you know where you're going with the football? Process the defense quickly. Be a a film rat. Be be a guy that's just living in the gym. That's what I think Shredward Sanders is going to be for for Colorado in 2023. That's how we will assess him, at least. Now, another guy we got to talk about. Another prediction I'm going to make here for the spring football game. I think Travis Hunter... Has kind of gotten a, a little bit of a bad rap to a degree. Like, there's been so much talk about him playing at the FCS level and that highlight against, you know, subpar—I said I put in quotes—competition that with, with that clip that was circulating on Twitter where he caught the deep touchdown pass. Like, I think Travis Hunter makes plays on both the offensive and defensive side of the football for Colorado in the spring game. Now, what that looks like—I mean, I'll kind of call my shot here. I think he catches a touchdown. Like, I think he's a guy where we're like, yep, Travis Hunter, he's in the end zone. He's going to be a guy for them. He might be one of their best receivers this year, if not their best receiver this year at Colorado. And then on the defensive side, pass breakup, interception, whatever it is, you will leave the spring game feeling reassured that Travis Hunter is all that he was billed to be out of high school. Now, I'm not saying he's still going to be the, the, the number one overall pick or anything like that, but I'm just saying you will be like, okay, all that he did at Jackson State, that's not just that's not just the FCS level of competition like he's actually that guy and we feel encouraged about that based on his spring game performance now here's the guy to watch Jimmy Horn Jr. Some of y'all that follow the transfer portal closely know who he is he's a transfer from USF about 5'10" a buck 65 170 jittery can play in the slot for you can play out wide for you he's a guy that actually earned his jersey number first And those of you that are confused with what I'm talking about, Colorado has a system in place where you have to earn your jersey number, whatever it is. So we're all starting out with blank jerseys. Jimmy Horn made enough plays, did things the right way, to where he got to pick out his number before anybody else on the team. I think that says something. So I'm excited to see him cut it loose. I think he's going to be a guy that ultimately could end up being that best receiver next to Travis Hunter. Treat this spring game for Colorado – like an evaluation, as opposed to treating it like a ballot. Because the temptation for Colorado, or watching Colorado rather, is watching their spring game and saying, yep, Shadour Sanders winning the Heisman. Or, yep, Shadour Sanders can't play the position at this level. He's not good enough. Let's, let's keep from doing that. Just try and check boxes for Colorado. Shadour Sanders looks in control. Okay, that's a good sign. What does it mean for the fall? I don't know. But if this is as bad as he's going to be in a spring football game where he's still getting acclimated to the system, okay, that's a good sign. Same thing with Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter dropped a pass, overrated. Like let, Let's keep from doing that. Just take an evaluation overall, take a pulse, and this Colorado product, I believe, We'll see what it looks like in year one, but the the dividends for Colorado is going to be year two, year three. That's when we'll really get to see, okay, what is Coach Prime to Colorado? We know he's upping the the personnel. We know he's upping the way they do things. We know that they've they've gotten some impressive pieces through the portal. We're going to see what this program is in a couple of years. So be encouraged by this. It's a huge recruiting spectacle. Enjoy that but let's let's sort of temper expectations and temper making absolute statements about Colorado based off of one spring football game, all right? I think that would be just the most mature thing to do, if we can all agree on that. Golly, this is so fun. I just love that we're breaking down games again. This is an absolute blast. Shout out to y'all that are on podcasts. If you like podcasts... And you got to be at work and throw the AirPods in or you want to go on a run, listen to a podcast about college football. Listen, we're here for you, man. Can't make the live show. That's all good. It's all good. We love y'all and appreciate y'all. Just the same for listening. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Spotify. Go ahead and search with those thumbs. The hard count with J.D. Pacel. Feel pretty confident we'll pop up. Like, rate, review, all that stuff. Helps us tremendously. So thank you for that. One more spring game I want to jump into before we get to some of y'all's thoughts about these spring games. Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Another situation where a coach is headed into his second year on the job. Never been a head coach before. Much like Brent Venables. They won nine football games last year. And remember, everybody and their mama was selling Marcus Freeman stock, was selling Notre Dame stock after that loss to Marshall. I'll go on record and just... Call your attention back to the fact that hey, we said they got a lot of personnel still. They got a lot of guys that can can compete and do good things. I believe in Marcus Freeman. It's not about us. It's about Notre Dame. They're in a very exciting position because they brought in Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman doesn't need too much of an introduction. ACC's all-time touchdown pass leader played a lot of football. I believe he'll end up being a high draft pick this time next year. He's a guy that's going to just up Notre Dame stock tremendously because you've heard me talk about them a lot but the, the thesis for me is they won nine games primarily with a backup quarterback I'm not here to dunk on Drew Pine I hope Drew Pine wins the starting job at Arizona State but Drew Pine in Notre Dame winning nine football games was something that none of us really saw coming so how much better can they be upgrading at the most important position on the field I'm excited to see that. My prediction for this game, though, is that we see Sam Hartman just prove that he is the guy. And you're saying, J.D., I thought he already was the guy. Like, he came to Notre Dame for a reason. He didn't come there just to take a few classes and get some fresh Under Armour gear. Well, one, the classes are great and probably going to get a nice little degree out of this should he finish with a graduate degree. So that's one. Two, Under Armour's phenomenal. They don't sponsor us, but I think they do some really good stuff with Notre Dame gear. Anyway, my point is, you're absolutely right. He came here to play. But Tyler Buckner saw Sam Hartman jump in the portal, saw him join Notre Dame, didn't flinch. He was quarterback one going into last year, started that game against Ohio State, presents a a different element to the offense with his legs. Like, I have tremendous respect for Tyler Buckner for saying, nope, I'm staying here. I'm fighting for this job. I'm seeing this through. I love that. That's a program guy I've ever saw one. But the prediction, I believe, for this game, again, is Sam Hartman leaves no doubt he leaves no doubt that he is your starting quarterback. I think he looks in command. I think he slings it around. I think we're going to see a lot of passing already because it's a spring football game. You're not running ISO power 13 times on a drive because you're trying to save everybody's body a little bit and get out of spring healthy. Like that's priority number one. So you're going to see a pretty high volume of pass attempts, I believe, from Sam Hartman. And I think this is just the stage for him to prove to everyone internally, to prove to the fans, to prove to everybody watching on television... Hey, I'm your starting quarterback. Mic drop, period, the end. So you get to watch him sling it. That's the first part. The thing that I'm curious to watch, how do these guys respond to Sam Hartman? Because I say it a lot with transfer portal quarterbacks. You got to win the job. Yes, you got to do that on the field. You also got to win the locker room. And Sam Hartman, I believe his advantage was he was there for winter conditioning. Like probably a different story if he transfers in after the spring. But he was there. You know, he, he he was... in the foxhole with them, doing what I would imagine were mat drills and just other horrific drills they make you do during winter conditioning. Like, he suffered with those guys. So I think that probably got him some sort of respect within the locker room. But then if he can take that and parlay that into a successful spring game, a successful spring overall, and prove, like, I give us the best chance to win, I'm the guy. That would be what you want to leave from with this game. I believe you will leave with that from this game. But I'm curious, how do these guys respond to him when things go well? Sam Hartman throws a touchdown pass. Are his teammates mobbing him? Is there high energy? Are they excited? It's a lot of daps and handshakes and life is good. And when things go bad, does he stay even keel? Does the team respond to his demeanor? Like, hey, we had a fumble on that drive. I'm talking about a spring game, so take this as you will. We had a negative play. We had a turnover. We had someone jump off sides. Is it, oh, I'm, all, I'm all out of whack, and the team responds the same way? I'm frustrated. Guys are frustrated. Guys are tripping internally. Or is it, hey, we're good. Steady hand. Let's go. Run it back. Reload. It's just a spring game, so you don't get as great a feel for this as you would in a real game. But I think it matters. I think it matters how these guys, how these guys respond to him. But again, I believe Sam Hartman is going to sling it, and I believe he's going to prove he is your quarterback in South Bend. For everyone watching, make sure you subscribe. Go ahead and like the video for us, just purely off the fact that it helps us. So if you don't mind locking in, that would be phenomenal. Got some more thoughts, but make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you're following me on Twitter and on Instagram, at JDPakel. Okay, now what is the number one question mark that people have had for Notre Dame this offseason? The majority of the crowd, I believe, outside of pass rusher, which we'll get to in a second, a lot of people are asking, hey, who's, who's stepping up at wide receiver here? Do we got to go dip our toe in the portal post-spring and find somebody? Are we relying on a freshman to make some plays? Because who's the dynamic playmaker on the outside for us? I don't know that I see it on the roster right now, is what a lot of people are saying. I would say in this spring football game, I actually believe you're going to see one to two guys really separate themselves. Now, who that is, I don't know. But by nature of having Sam Hartman on the roster, there's going to be catchable footballs. Like it sounds funny to say, but if you are able to get a step or, or two steps on your defender, two steps would be ideal. You're going to have the ball in the right place. So we're really going to get to see these guys maximize their skill set. Some guys that I'm watching closely talked about freshmen, freshman, freshman Jaden Greyhouse. I'm very curious to see what he looks like. I believe he was a four-star guy at a high school, played high level of football in the state of Texas. He's had some flash plays, it sounds like, during spring ball. I'm excited to see what he looks like when the lights come on. I think he's a name to watch. Now listen, Chris Tyree, according to some defenders at Notre Dame, he has been the hardest wide receiver to cover at practice. You can watch all the tape you want. You can coach it up as much as you want. But someone who actually is on the defensive side of the ball, having to be assigned to cover a certain player, they're going to shoot you straight. And for defenders at Notre Dame to say, yeah, Chris Tyree, hardest guy to cover, that's a very good sign. That is a very good sign for Notre Dame. I believe he's a former running back as well, is Chris Tyree. So if he can get loose a little bit in the spring game, you'd love to see some proof of concept, love to see some proof of the buzz that's been going on around Notre Dame. He's a guy that could make a very big impact. I think he could be one of those guys that separates. Deion Colsey, I keep going back to this. I think they are expecting him to take that next step. The sneak peek we got of him from like the hype videos that circulate around practice, he had one catch that was just clipped from social media, so we didn't get to see the whole play. But he made one play where he is just straight up mossing this, this one defensive back in the, in the indoor. I believe the ball was from Sam Hartman. He goes up high, points it, and the football is like on or behind the defender's helmet. Strong hands, rip it away, little boy, get away from me. That's the kind of agile I wide receiver to play with. So Deion Colsey could also be a guy that separates. I think those three names specifically are some guys to watch. But the reason why you'd be overjoyed if you saw this in the spring game, the same way I talked about Sam Hartman maximizing their skill set, Notre Dame brought in Sam Hartman for a reason because they want to have a vertical passing attack. And having the quarterback to do it is one part. But if you have guys that can't get open, you don't have someone who can separate on the outside, you don't have somebody that can be that alpha dog wide receiver for you, you don't necessarily get to maximize Sam Hartman's skill set now, do you? That would be frustrating for all parties involved because you only get Sam Hartman for one year. He's not coming back next year. Been playing college football for like 19 years. He's got to go to the league. This is his one season. To not be able to maximize his skill set because you don't have the right guys at wide receiver would just be a gut punch to everybody in South Bend. Would just ah, your heart would just sink. Good news, I think somebody separates in the spring game. Like I said, Great House, Tyree Colsey, all guys that I'm watching very, very closely, and I think are good candidates to break out. Now, another prediction I have for this spring football game, just a prediction extravaganza right now. Uh, Jordan Botello is a guy that I've talked about a little bit on this show already. Six foot three, 255, coming from Hawaii. I think he's next up in terms of being one of those pass rushers at Notre Dame. Isaiah Foskey gone to the league. Jordan Botello had the second most sacks on the team last year with four and a half. He's explosive. Isaiah Foskey spoke very highly of him. And I think whether he's at the linebacker spot or coming off the edge, I think we see him... What's the right word? He's not going to sack the quarterback, obviously, in this game because you're, you're, you're not hitting the quarterback as you would in most spring games. But I think we see the quick twitch. I think we see him win a lot on the edge and win those reps, whether they equate to touch sacks or not. I don't really care. I just think we get to see, okay... That probably is going to be our guy. Like, does it totally solve the issue completely? Maybe we want to see some other guys step up. But Jordan Botello, if nothing else, he's going to be our bell cow. And we see flashes of that in the spring game. So that's exciting. And I think we're going to be able to uh, have something on tape. Because your tape is your resume, right? I think Jordan Batello adds to his resume this spring football game. Because here's the outlook for Notre Dame. And this is why I think they're so fascinating. Like I said on the top of the show, they're not waiting. Like They're going into year two under Marcus Freeman. It's easy to make excuses and say, oh, he's, he's never been a head coach before. Last year was his first year. They're not waiting around for, for this thing to, to kind of take shape. Well, know how I know that. They went and got Sam Hartman through the portal. They made a big boy move in the portal and got themselves the best quarterback in the portal. So what that tells me, and I've said this before on different platforms, but they are inviting the pressure that comes with having a guy like Sam Hartman that comes with having the, the golden helmet, being a golden Domer, as we say. They're raising the bar internally because of who they got through the portal. They didn't have to go out against get Sam Hartman. They had their starting quarterback from a year ago. They won nine games. Conventional wisdom would say we won nine games with our backup. Imagine what we could do if we think we had the best guy for the job playing. They said, nope, we need to get better. Nine games is not the standard. Nine wins is not the standard, rather. Let's go compete for something big in year two under Marcus Freeman. So a lot of pressure, but pressure is privilege and pressure creates diamonds. So Notre Dame, again, taking a temperature during the spring game, but a lot of things to be excited about. Those are my predictions as we get ready for that contest this coming Saturday. So a lot to be excited about, man. Spring football is on and popping. This is the last like really big weekend of spring games that we get. But I posed a question on my Twitter page. I asked y'all, I said, listen, Spring games are tricky, right? It's, it's tough to totally learn something with an absolute feel on it. Like, that, like That's what I've said multiple times. It's all for taking a temperature. It's not for making complete statements. But I asked y'all, what have you taken away from your spring football game? And we got a lot of good answers from y'all. Trey Yannity on the ones and twos, making it all happen. And we're going to pull up some of these tweets right now from y'all that we got. And it'll be a very good time. One of y'all got at me and said... This is dress right dress, and their takeaway was that Florida State will be very good. The ACC title and the playoff spot are very much a possibility. So on one hand, you're saying, okay, I I believe that. I, I don't know that you learned that during the spring football game, but listen, Jordan Travis coming back, came back for a reason obviously to improve his draft stock, but Jared verse, he came back for a reason. He probably could have gone pretty high in this NFL draft. They came back to do something special at at Florida state and they have built to this. You've heard me say that a lot. The death star is now fully operational under Mike Norvell. I don't know that you learned during the spring game, but there's definitely cause for a lot of excitement in Tallahassee. So dress, right dress, appreciate you getting at us and letting us know Florida state's going to be a lot of people's dark horse pick. I'll just say that right now. Another one, this is, this is a great uh, username, from It's In The Beans. I don't know what's in the beans. I don't know what kind of beans they are. I usually go black beans when I go to Chipotle. But I don't know what kind of beans these are. Uh, they go ahead and say Florida has a long way to go, but they will get there. So the first part of that is Florida has a long way to go. Tricky, tricky one, because they, they, they had a spring game that finished 10-7. Okay, so not really high scoring and not really the outcome you want when you're watching that quarterback battle and hoping somebody makes a move and you brought in Graham Mertz and then you're like, well, we scored 17 total points in our spring game. Oof, okay. Well, the, the bright side is the defense played really well. Your first year under your new D.C. and Austin Armstrong, he's a program guy through and through. I think he's like 29 years old, high energy, high juice kind of guy. Like I love listening to him talk ball, I'll just say that. They have a long way to go. I think that's true. I think the encouraging thing you could say, though, is everybody has a long way to go in the spring, right? Like everybody is fielding a new roster, whether you went into the portal, whether you're asking underclassmen to step into new roles, everybody to some degree has a long way to go till they get to fall camp. So will Florida put it together? I just think, I've said this multiple times, I think it is far too early to make any definitive statement on what Florida is going to be in 2023 or what Billy Napier is as a head coach there. Like, let it bake a little bit. 13 games in a spring game. We'll see what happens. That quarterback position, though, for the transfer portal will be very, very fascinating to watch if they go after another portal guy. We'll probably talk about that on another show. We'll probably talk about that in a a one-off video. But there's a lot of people in Gainesville that watched that Texas spring game happen. said, who is number six? I know who Arch Manning is. He's in 16. I know who Quinn Ewers is. Who is number six dealing the rock all around the yard? Malik Murphy. Some people would be very excited to see him jump in the portal. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't have any feel on that, but there's uh, some good people in Gainesville that I think would be excited should he jump into the portal. So a great observation, a good takeaway. Long way to go. Everybody's got a long way to go. Now, our last tweet is from The Truth. And they say, not as much as usual. When one side stars, does the other suck? Question mark. Sad face. Still a lot of practice left. The voluntary workouts plus summer and portal additions and subtractions. This is a very astute observation here. Your roster may look very different than what you saw in the spring game when you take the field in the fall. Classic example of what I was just saying at Florida. There's a possibility, there's a feel that they could go get themselves a transfer portal quarterback. Same thing at Auburn. They could go get some guys through the portal. They could get a portal quarterback as well who didn't play in the spring game. How, how much does that change how you view those teams? I, I think it, it completely gives you a, a different perspective with the portal and what that's going to look like. So keep an eye on how the, how, the, how the dust settles. The first part of that is, is curious and I think is one of the, the best parts about spring game. Get a chance to be very glass half full. If you see one side perform poorly, like in Florida's case, the offense did poorly, the defense is awesome, man. Hey, we're going to have an all-SEC kind of defense. You don't know. There's no real way to know. There's no real way to know if that's how it went all spring either, if maybe the offense won their fair share of practices. Again, that's this is why I say it. You're trying to just take a gauge. You're not filling out the postseason ballot. You're not making predictions based off the spring game. You can make predictions about the spring game, as we just made a ton of them, but you're just trying to get a gauge for it. So the roster is going to change, as some rosters already have, and you're going to get a better feel for your team as they get in through summer conditioning, which is a very formative time for these teams, getting to fall camp, which is when a lot of these depth charts really start to take shape, if you will. But man, I appreciate y'all getting at us on Twitter. We had a lot of great submissions. Keep an eye out for me on Twitter as well, as I'm probably going to post some more questions that will probably feature on this show. Could be as broad as hit me with your college football questions, or it could be something as specific as what are your spring game takeaways. But that is one of my most favorite parts about being able to do this job is the interaction back and forth, whether it's like the live chat, whether it's on Twitter or on Instagram, like getting in the comments section. Getting in the direct messages from y'all, like that is a blast because at the end of the day, college football is so different than the NFL. It's so different than the NBA, so different than any other sport, because I think the community aspect and the pride aspect of college football, the way it's so specific to different families and individuals, like that's really what makes it a different game than anywhere else. You can't replicate that at any other level. So with that being said, we appreciate y'all for tuning in the show and to add to that and to adding to the conversation that we get to have here on this platform and adding to this community wholeheartedly believe that the best is yet to come. However, we will be back on the air Tuesday, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you click the live tab on this channel. I'm going to schedule out these shows. And if you want to make sure you don't somehow miss a show, hit the bell under the scheduled live show. I'll we'll let you know when you go live. Better yet, hit the live icon on this channel and you won't miss any content we do. Myself here with the hard count, Josh Newberg talking inside scoop, recruiting year round. Like we have a lot of good, good content on this channel, a lot of great content coming your way.